are listening to the Mile Straight podcast. For more information on Mile Straight or to watch a video version of this podcast, visit www.milestraightbc.org. The speaker for today is our senior pastor, Tom Goss. So if you grab the study guide on your way in, if you take that out, if not, if you happen to have a scrap piece of paper or uh, if you want to type it into your phone or smart device, that would be great. Because I'm going to give you some notes that I think will be beneficial to you. But I also want to give you some additional thoughts that I would like for your opinion to be based upon the question I ask. And you jot those things down. I'm going to ask you three questions in just a minute. I would like for you to record your answer, not to be able to give that information back. I'm not going to ask you for it. It's not for anybody else. It's just for your benefit. But I think it will help bring everything into perspective. And so I ask you to uh, make a note of it, if you would. Uh, while you're getting that ready, let me just uh, say how much I appreciate Roy Seals filling in for me the last couple of weeks. He did a marvelous job. I got to watch the first service, Melinda and I did, while I was in the hospital. And then the second service, I was here last week, got to be here in person. He did an incredible job. He is uh, speaking in a mission conference out of state today, so he's not with us. But uh, we can be praying for him, asking God's blessings over his ministry. Uh, I would like to also say, speaking of, uh, of that, how much I appreciate your prayer for me um, how much I appreciate your concern. You have been such an encouragement through all of this. I'll have a uh, heart monitor on for well, a few more Wednesday. Wednesday evening I get to take it off. Unless there's something bad wrong with it, I probably won't hear anything till I go to the cardiologist on June 1st. And uh, then they'll tell me a little bit about what's happening, hopefully, and uh, can figure out the, the low heart rate. Um, they said that they thought I was just in really good shape, and I said, no, that's not it. Uh, I promise you, that's not it. There may be a lot of things, but that's not it. Uh, while we're talking about praying, let me also mention yesterday I was uh, here watching the uh, pickleball tournament. Never seen that before, never been part of it, but really enjoyed it. I loved watching. And I got a call from Lee Gilbreth's family. They wanted me to come to the house if you know Lee, uh, such a sweet, incredible person, been a member of our church for a long time. Uh, she's been fighting cancer, and now it looks like cancer is going to win this part of the battle. Uh, in the next couple of days, she'll probably get to see Jesus. And uh, while cancer wins this part of the battle, we know ultimately she's the one who is victorious uh, through the power of Jesus Christ because she's going to get out of this mess get out of this old world and get to be in a place that is far greater. So, wish you'd be praying for her, uh, just that God will comfort her, bring, um, you know, a lack of pain through the process, dealing with pancreatic cancer, that can be quite painful. So just pray that God will take care of her through it, that uh, also pray for her family. <clears throat> it's such a trying time. Those of us who have experienced that, we know it's not only emotionally and mentally stressful, but it's also physically stressful. Uh, dealing with, you know, just day in and day out, it, it's, it's so hard. So please be praying for her family as well uh, over the next few days as God brings it to your mind. Well, today I want us to discuss relationships. And specifically, where I want us to go in our thoughts is to prioritizing relationships. 
we probably each have in our minds a, a, a mindset of, well, this is my most important uh, relationship. This is second. This is third. And, and maybe you've got it all laid out. You have it down pat. You know exactly where it's supposed to be. And quite honestly, maybe it is the very best way to live your life, but maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Just for the sake of, of having a reference point, I want to ask you a question. And here's what I'd like for you to do. I wish you would answer this question. Take it very seriously. I think it's going to bring some things into perspective for us. It's going to help us understand where we need to go today, what we need to see, what we need to understand. So, so take this question very seriously. And I wish once I ask you that you'd write down five or six responses to it. <clears throat> And then that you would put a numerical value to each. So then if this first point is your, that's the top priority for your relationships in your life, that you'll put a one beside it, two by the second most important, three by the third, and so on, okay? So the question is simply this. What are the most important relationships in your life? What are the most important relationships to you in your life? If you would, take just a minute, write down five or six on your piece of paper, or type them in your phone, or just hope you've got a really good memory. And then assign a numerical value to them. So I know I'm rushing some of you, and I'm sorry about that. But let me jump to the second question. Forget about the answers to the first question. Now, if you're having to remember them, it's going to be hard for you to remember them and forget them at the same time. But somehow you can accomplish this. When we come to the second question, then, the second question is this. What are the, the most important relationships in your life based solely on where you invest your time? So here's what I'm talking about. Think back over the last month. How did you spend your time? And based upon how you spent your time, write down the relationships that appeared to be the most important to you. <clears throat> now, just to give a little further information, uh, I do not own a dog, so this is going to be example purposes only. If you, on point number one or question number one, you said my relationship with my dog is one of the most important to me, uh, and yet, now you come to question number two, and you're thinking about your schedule, and you say, well, I really didn't spend any time with my dog over the last month. I didn't take him for a walk. I didn't throw the ball to him, and somebody else was feeding him for me. You probably then, based upon that information, are not going to be able to bring him down into question number two as an answer, okay? So kind of see where we're going here. Apply that now to your situation, and then assign a numerical value to those answers.
while you're writing, let me say this. I'm not trying to catch you. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I understand that these, these answers could be skewed a little bit. It could be that over the last month, you've just had tremendous car trouble, and so you've invested a lot of time in fixing your car, or whatever the case may be, and therefore your answers are going to be a little skewed from what they would normally be. I'm not trying to catch you, but just trying to set parameters so that we can follow where we're heading, okay? All right, once again, sorry for rushing you, but let me jump to the third question. Third question is, what are the most important relationships in your life based solely on where you spent your money over the last month? Okay, forget about the first two questions now. Come to this third one. Think about where you invested your money. Where did you spend your money? If you were to look at that and chart it out and say, well, okay, based upon that, Here's my most important relationships. What would your responses be? And then put a numerical value to those as well. Go ahead and do that now. Now, my prayer with the questions is simply that uh, it, it brings out maybe some thoughts, some information, some insights that we didn't walk in with. Some, some insights that will lead us to an understanding of maybe there's an issue that needs to be corrected during this time of my life. And, um, and so what we deal with from here on is going to be greatly beneficial, okay? So just bear with me a little bit and let's walk through. So then I've got this issue. If I look at these and I say, you know what? Uh, what I believe are my most valued relationships don't really measure out when it comes to my time investment and my finances. You don't really see that played out as much. Then, then maybe there's an issue here that we need to address. Now, the problem is that we could address it ourselves and say, well, here's what I believe. Here's what I think. But the ultimate truth is we're all human and being human we have a tendency to to be wrong about things to have fallacies to be sinful people uh, that's just the nature of who we are and so as a result we have to look to an authority that's much greater than us an authority that's much higher in significance and power and that of course being God Almighty what is it that God says about our relationships. How would he prioritize our relationships? How would he line them up for us? How would he say, okay, here's what I expect from you. I want to take you to a passage of Scripture. We're going to need to read a number of Scriptures throughout the service, but, but the first one to show us that, that the answer to this will fall into one of two categories. Or in fact, it will fall into the two categories. Let me take you, if you will, to Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. You'll see verse 35 through 38 under point number 1. You'll see then verse 39 and 40 under point number 2. 
instead of dividing those out like I'd originally planned, I want to read them together. So I'll read under point number one, and then I'll go down to point number two and read those verses collectively, okay? Uh, I'm throwing a loop on our tech team in the booth, so we'll see how, how hard it is for them to follow that. So Matthew 22, verse 35, and I will give reference as to who's being referred to in these situations. And one of them, one of the religious leaders, a lawyer, asked him, that being Jesus, a question to test him. He said, teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he, Jesus, said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. Now skip down under point number two if you're looking at the study guide. Matthew 22 verses 39 and 40. And he said, and a second is like it. What's the great commandment? Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. The second commandment is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Okay. So our two categories, I'll go ahead and give you both of these to begin with. Our two categories is, first of all, number one, God must be first. God must be first. When we talk about prioritizing our relationships, God must be first. So then if God is first, that leaves a whole group of people to fall in. And so let's just simply say for number two, everyone else follows. Everyone else follows. Now, we're going to break that point down to where we can categorize and compartmentalize those thoughts so we can understand it a little more easily. So just bear with me for a second. But first of all, let's go back and address point number one. God must be first in my life. Now, the interesting thing is that God is telling us, he's the one saying, I want to be first in your life. What's the great commandment, Jesus was asked. Here is God on earth, and he says the greatest commandment is that you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. Now, some of us would say, wait a minute. Shouldn't I love my wife more than I love God? Shouldn't I love my children more than I love God? God is not apologizing to say, no, you love me first. You put me first. You make the priority on our relationship first. Because only when you make that the priority do your other relationships begin to fall in place. Not that they'll all of a sudden be perfect. We know that we're human. We have the tendency to sin. We have the problem of a sinful nature. And therefore, they'll never be perfect. But once I put my priority on Almighty God, I begin to base my existence and the rest of my life on what he dictates to me, where he directs my life, then all the other relationships in my life begin to fall in place. They begin to take on a different, uh, a different outlook because all of a sudden I am a much more humble person. At least I should be, right? My relationship with God, I recognize him, as Jason was saying, as, as the greatness of God. I recognize the greatness of Almighty God. I begin to see him as the magnificent one, the one who, who knows everything, sees everything, who, 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 can, uh, who can outdo anyone in everything, the one who is everywhere present. Just think about that for a second. I mean, David said, if I go to the outer limits of space, you're there. If I go to the depths of hell, you're there. He said, you're everywhere. Okay, we begin to think about the greatness of God. 
And we compare ourselves to that, and it makes it a lot easier for us to, to come out of this thing a little more humble. In fact, probably a whole lot more humble. And so it helps to establish the other parts of our relationships. Helps to put those in the right place. So he says, you are to love me first. You're to love me first. Now, if, if loving God first, putting him first, establishes my other relationships, not putting him first is going to damage my other relationships. Okay, if what's required is for me to put God first, make Him the priority, if I'm doing that and it benefits my other relationships, if I don't do that, then it's going to hurt my other relationships. If you've got a problem in any relationship, please hear this, because I can make a blanket statement without any hesitation and it be absolutely correct. If you've got a problem in any relationship, that means that one or the other of the parties involved in this, or both, have a problem in their relationship with God first. Because if that relationship's right, then all the others fall into place. So then I've got to put God first. The relationship that's priority for my life must be God. Because when I put Him first... He blesses my life in these other ways that I can't even imagine. He begins to give me things in, in my other relationships that I have sought for, that I've desired, that I've looked for, that I've hoped for. God begins to establish those in my relationships. Okay? So now let's jump down to point number two. Point number two, if God is first, it stands to reason everyone else is going to follow that. But because that group is so vast, that's so overwhelming, let's categorize that group. Let's break it down into five chunks. And in fact, I'm going to throw a sixth one in for good measure, uh, an afterthought. So if we were looking at God's first priority in this big group, who would be next in line? I think the Bible is very clear that if you're married, if I'm married, it's got to be the spouse got to be the spouse. So letter A on your study guide, your spouse. You say, where do you get something like that? Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 talks a lot about the relationship between husband and wife. In Ephesians chapter 5, it goes as far as to tell the guy, it says, you are to love your wife, I think it's verse 25, you are to love your wife even as Christ loved the church. And to what extent then? So much that you would give your life for her. Wow. You are to love your wife even as Christ loved the church. Christ physically gave himself for the church. He physically allowed himself to be tortured and abused and, and, and beaten and nailed to a cross where he shed his blood to pay the price of our sin so that we might inherit eternal life. He physically, fully gave himself wasn't a halfway thing. It wasn't like, well, I'll, I'll do this. No, he gave it all, every bit of it. And God now calls us through the writings of the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5 to do the exact same thing for our wives. There is no relationship that takes 
precedence over that other than the relationship with God the Father, God the Son. For the wives, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, 23, something like that, says that the wife is to, to submit herself to her own husband even as to the Lord. The responsibility for the wife is to submit in such a way that, that it looks like she's actually submitting to God. Not that you're putting your husband on the plane of God, but listen to this. This is something very interesting I've discovered over the years. Do you know what... Uh, what we understand to be one of the primary things that women are looking for in life love or, or security they're one and the same the deeper the love the deeper the security it's what a wife is looking for it's what a woman is looking for you know what a man is looking for respect respect and so God says, what I want in your marriage is for you to be so devoted to each other that you give each other what you desire. You fulfill that need. You meet that need for each other. The wife wants security. She wants love. And so you're going to do whatever you can. You're going to involve yourself fully and completely to make sure that that need is met in her life. And for the wife, he's telling us, listen, I want this relationship to be so intimate, to be so strong, to grow and grow and grow and abound so that what you do is you meet the need of your husband. You, you show him respect. You give to him that which he needs from you. Now, if I don't put God first in this, then this next part is pretty hard to do. It's pretty hard to do. Because deep inside, let's just be transparent for a minute, deep inside... I'm a pretty selfish person. I can, I can really look out for myself. One of the things I regret most about the early years of my marriage and, and having our daughter uh, 31 years ago is the fact that I was so selfish. I've got to live with that now. I've got to live with those memories of putting myself before them. And, and the problem with that is that what I'm literally saying is, okay, God, I know you're supposed to be my priority. And, and Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll keep my commandments. So the way it lives out, the way it's revealed in my life is through my obedience to God. So, God, I know you're supposed to be the priority. And I know you've commanded me to, to love my wife in such a way that, that my whole being is for her existence, for, for meeting her needs. And yet the truth is, God, I really got this deep concern for myself. I really like uh, being good to myself and treating myself better than I treat my wife. So then, God, while this is priority, it's supposed to be priority, and you're commanding me to do this, I've got a different way to, to accomplish that than what you're saying. So ultimately what I'm saying is you're not really God. You don't dictate what I do. You, you've got some good recommendations, I give you that, but you don't really dictate what I do because I've got a different way to accomplish that. Same is true for the wife. So when I'm not putting God first, then my marriage relationship gets all skewed. It's so messed up. So messed up. 
I'll take you to letter B because I believe there's a real problem that comes into play when we include letter B, our children. What's the third priority? God, parents, or excuse me, God, spouse, children, children. If God says the two become one at marriage, we become one flesh, and we have such a responsibility for each other that as a husband I am to give myself completely to my wife and she's to give herself completely to me. If that's so important, then it would stand to reason that the result of that marriage, that being children, would fall into the category following the spousal relationship. So it's relationship with the children. I said there's a problem here. And a lot of times it's true because we have a tendency... And uh, very few of you can sit there and look righteously like you've never done this. Um, so let's just be real, okay? We have a tendency to elevate our children to the position ahead of our spouse. We have a tendency to say, you know what? For right now, I'm kind of aggravated at my wife. That happens. And uh, so I'm going to focus my energy and my attention on my children. I'm not going to worry so much about the marital relationship. I'm going to focus on my children. A lot of things happen when that takes place. A lot of things happen. Number one, it's destructive for my marriage. It's destructive for me. Because instead of doing this God's way, instead of putting God first, and all of a sudden I'm, I'm elevating someone else to the position of God. I'm, I'm making my children as important or more important than God because I'm going to do something I think is right for them instead of following God's plan. Very, very dangerous place to be. So it brings, it brings division between husband and wife. But not only that, just as importantly and maybe more so is what we're teaching our children. I mean, when I do that, when I'm living that out before my children, what am I saying? Listen, I know what God says. We're just going to do it a different way. So I'm teaching my children to dishonor God. I'm teaching my children to dishonor their spouse when that time comes. I'm teaching them to literally destroy their marriage. How destructive, right? I mean... None of us want to do that to our children. None of us want to get into place to where we're saying, you know what, um, I, I'm going to put you in a position higher than my wife, my, my husband, um, and it doesn't really matter the outcome. It's not going to affect anyone but me. Because we're teaching them to disobey God, which is very dangerous in itself. And we're teaching them to destroy their own marriage. How horrible. So instead, then, God gives us instructions. Uh, Proverbs chapter 22, Ephesians chapter 6. He gives us instruction that we have a responsibility as parents to so pour into our children, to train them up so that they become the next generation of people who will love God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind. He gives us the responsibility that we are so to pour into them that they are going to be the people who rise up to love God the way God wants us to love Him. And so we invest heavily in our children, first of all, by putting God as the priority, 
Second of all, by putting our spouse as a priority. And then we bring them in in their proper place. Now, I believe there are extenuating circumstances when this, for a period of time, needs to be overridden. Now, for example, say you've got a sick kid. Some of you have faced that. You've got a really sick child. And you have to forego the marital relationship to some extent in order to take care of your child. Maybe your child's in the hospital. And you've got to be there. And therefore, you can't invest the time, the effort into your marriage relationship during that time. Maybe, uh, to go a different route, maybe you've got an abusive spouse. And so instead of, instead of uh, enabling your spouse to continue that, that behavior, then you remove the child or yourself from that situation, both from that situation. So in essence, while it looks like you're ignoring the relationship, you're actually doing what's best for the spouse. Until you get help, until you get some healing here, I'm not going to allow you to be abusive. I'm not going to allow you to do things that are destructive to our child. A lot more we could talk about on that, but uh, I'll, I'll let that go from there. So we've got God, we've got the spouse, we've got the children. Following then, number C, letter C, we've got parents. Parents. Let her see on your study guide, parents. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 16, along with a host of other verses throughout the Bible, say something like this, Honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and so that you may prosper in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Okay, so God says, There are two things that I desire for you, long life, and prosperity. Now, not in the way that some people will preach prosperity to you. Um, but God does desire for us to live to, to the greatest potential of our lives, whether that be in a very small way financially or in a large way financially. He does as he sees fit. We're not in control of that. But he... He tells us in order to have these blessings on your life, then you've got to honor your parents. You say, but wait a minute. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I'm an adult now. <laughs> I'm out of the house. I've got my own family. I don't think that applies to me anymore. Okay, so there needs to be a distinction made. There needs to be a distinction made between obedience to our parents and honoring or respecting our parents. There is a point in time in which obedience is no longer required. There's a point in time in which uh, I no longer, because I'm no longer a dependent child, I'm no longer under the roof, I'm out on my own, I'm now starting my own family, whatever the case may be, I, I no longer am responsible to be obedient to my parents. But what never ends is the responsibility to respect my parents. Never ends. I always have that responsibility that I honor them. I would, I would tell you that from the time I'm old enough to understand this until the time that one of us die, 
I have a responsibility to respect my parents. And I would even say that after the death of my parents, my responsibility continues. Not that I don't speak truth. Not that I like everything they do. Not that I agree with what they do in their lifestyle, maybe. Maybe you had some really bad parents. I am sorry if you had to live through that. There's still a responsibility, a God-given responsibility to respect, respect your parents. I don't understand that necessarily. The good thing is I don't really have to understand it. I just have to obey it. just have to obey it. Now, I want to throw in, this is the afterthought coming here. I want to throw in an additional category here. It's not letter D. It's, it's sub-letter C, I guess. I don't know how to say it. But uh, just write this in next to C, if you would. That after God, spouse, children, parents, then we need to add in here the rest of the family, extended family. Extended family. I take that because of what we see in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. So there's responsibility here that needs to be included uh, that I believe arises to a greater degree than those that will follow this point. Okay? God gives us responsibility to care for our family. Letter D. Okay, once we've made our way down the list, the next in line of priority, I believe, is going to be fellow believers. Fellow believers. We can put this into two categories. Number one, we can call it the universal church. Everyone who knows Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior around the world, we have a responsibility to them. There is a relationship that ought to be there and I find this relationship to be so refresh, refreshing. Uh, when I go to a foreign country, may not be able to speak a word of, of their language. And yet, there is such a bond there between brothers and sisters in Christ. It's really neat. Really, neat. If you've never experienced that, when we get back to mission trips, I'd love for you to go with us so you can experience it firsthand. But then we could also categorize it in a much smaller way. Because I think more specifically here it's talking about the local church, our church family. That we have a responsibility in relationship to each other. We have a responsibility. You say, well, no, that's not really my responsibility. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Let, let me tell you some things. Romans chapter 14 says that we are not to judge, not to look down on our brothers and sisters. We're not to do anything to cause fellow Christians to stumble or fall spiritually. 1 Corinthians, Paul instructs the church on how they're to live together in harmony, how they're to love one another. Galatians 5.13 says we are to serve one another in love. Ephesians 4.32 says be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. 1 Thessalonians 5.11 uh, encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews 10.24 Consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Okay, and it goes on and on and on and on. There is a huge responsibility placed upon this relationship. 
That we are to encourage one another. We are to hold each other accountable. We are to cheer and to, to, to speak truth into people's lives and to help one another. And here's the truth. If, if God is not my priority, if I'm not revealing my love for Him through obedience, then I'm not going to follow what's also written in Hebrews chapter 10 do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some people do. I'm not going to be part of a gathering. I'm just going to come when I can, when I want to, when it feels good, when I wake up at the right time and I haven't overslept. I'm going to make it a priority if I'm doing it God's way. I'm going to make it a priority because I have a responsibility to you, and you have a responsibility to me, and to everyone else in our church family. We are responsible to each other to encourage, to strengthen, to support, to love, to pray. We have a responsibility for each other. Finally, letter E. Once we've worked our way down through here, then we will have to categorize the last group together, and that would be the rest of the world. Letter E, the rest of the world. The rest of the world. Once again, you may say, but Tom, I, there are people around the world I don't even know. In fact, there's a whole lot of them. How in the world do I have a responsibility to them? Our responsibility to them comes from Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, when Jesus said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every person, which means I have a responsibility here where I am to teach people about Jesus Christ, to share the Savior. That's what Four Saudi Daisy is all about. It's making inroads into our community so we can share Jesus Christ with our community. So I have a responsibility right here where I am. And then on top of that, I, I use the means of missionaries. I, I build relationship with missionaries. We've done that through our church with, with many people so that they can go into other parts of the world to do what we can't do there because we're not there. They are to go do what we're doing here. I've said it before, I'll say it again, how hypocritical is it for me to send a missionary to do something for me somewhere else in the world when I'm not doing it here. So we've got a responsibility first of all here and then through our partnerships and through mission trips and other means we reach out beyond our, our immediate area to reach into the rest of the world to fulfill the responsibility of this relationship that God has given us that we desire so deeply to see people come to know Jesus Christ that we are willing to do what is needed and what is necessary to see that, that end met. We want people to know the Savior. So the priority in relationship, God's got to be first. Spouse has got to be second. Children, parents, the rest of the extended family, our, our church family, our other fellow believers, and then the rest of the world. Now, I want to ask you to do something. The reason I ask you to write your answers down to the first three questions is because now I kind of want you to compare. I'd like for you to go back and look at those first three questions. Look at your answers and then compare those answers to 
the lineup that God gives us. While he doesn't spell it out, here's one, two, three, or four, we can take an oversight of the Word of God and come up with a pretty good understanding of what he intends for our relationships. So how do they compare? Take a second and put the two together, if you would. Maybe, maybe this would be a really good time just to stop and say, God, I, I've blown this. I kind of see why these things are so important, doing it your way, and yet I really haven't been doing it that way. And so, God, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me for that. Confess it as sin. Help me to dig into your word to understand what you command of me. And then help me to be obedient to follow that. God first, spouse second, children third, parents, extended family, fellow believers, the rest of the world. You know, I believe that if we're willing to pursue God's plan, it's going to make a huge impact in our relationships. I believe it's going to make a significant difference in the outcome of our relationships, the longevity of our relationships, the strength of our relationships, the purity of our relationships. Why don't we ask Him now? Give us the courage to do what we've been commanded. Thank you.